One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's June 22nd, 1991, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So it was on this day that John McEnroe provided arguably one of the most memorable and probably one of the most quoted moments in sporting history when he screamed, You cannot be serious! You cannot be serious! <laughs> at a Wimbledon umpire while disputing a line call that he disagreed with. It kind of came in a pretty nothing match. Like it was a first round against one of his fellow Americans. Some guy no one's ever heard of to this date. Like it wasn't important. He was already world champion at this point, wasn't he? He was already a top tennis player. He did not right. need to make a us. No, he didn't. This was very much in keeping with his character. But it, it comes after two sets, it's one apiece, and it's 15.30, and he hits a shot, and it's called out. And it's at this point that he just starts pacing around in that way that we've probably all felt when you're trying desperately to bottle down the anger and not yeah. let it explode. And he's just holding it in, and he says... Excuse me? <laughs> is the first thing he says to the umpire. And the umpire says something that's not audible. It's a bit off mic. And then he starts railing and he goes, Chalk came up all over the place. You can't be serious, man. And then he does his big, you can't be serious. All hell breaks loose. He says, you're the pits of the world. The whole stadium saw it. It's just a triumphant rant and deserves its place in history. <laughs> I mean, the question is, I suppose, would we still know who John McEnroe was if he'd never done that rant? I'm not enough of a tennis fan to say. He was obviously a great player, but he wasn't as good as Bjorn Borg. So would we know his name now? I know what you mean, because this so came to define him as the title of his autobiography. It was the thing that showed up in all of the Wimbledon highlight reels that feature him. And yes, he went on to win Wimbledon and he won all the major tournaments. But you're right. Would we know about him had he not had this one triumphant moment of rage? I didn't know that he had already acquired his reputation before this incident. I always thought that this was like the thing that gave him this reputation, but he'd already been nicknamed Super Brat in the British mm. press since yeah. 1977. He was only 19. He was in a qualifying match for Wimbledon and he started bending his racket, which was still made of wood at the time. Uh, and when the crowd started to boo, he kicked the racket across the court. And then in 1979, the Sun had written about him, he is the most vain, ill-tempered, petulant loudmouth that the game of tennis has ever known. <laughs> he said since that then he was just playing, basically, like it was amusing to him, this culture clash that he could see that was evident of the fact that he was from New York, he called, you cannot be serious, a scream that came straight from Queens, right? <laughs> he thought it was funny that like his American family all spoke to each other by shouting over each other. And then he got into the most kind of refined, frankly, like aristocratic environment of Wimbledon, strawberries and cream, hush, hush, don't say anything whilst you're watching. Yeah. And just thought it was fun as like <laughs> a, a young guy to play around with that by throwing his racket and see what would happen. But this moment, this you cannot be serious moment, this doesn't seem like that. This doesn't seem like showmanship. This doesn't seem like he's trying to live up to his reputation or test the water. He's genuinely angry. He can't control it. So at the time, he was Dr. Point immediately for the outburst. And that was more in relation to saying, you guys are the absolute pits of the world to the umpire mm. than the you cannot be serious. He was fined $1,500. 
And then I later found out that he went on to accrue almost $70,000 over the following years in fines, mostly for swearing and racket abuse. But I've heard his interview with Desert Island Discs in which he says that the CEO of Nike at the time would call him up in the evening and say, just carry on doing what you're doing, man. He had one eye on the American audience there. Like, whatever he was losing in fines, he was gaining in sponsorship. (laughs) So in 1983, he was fined a pretty paltry $1,000 for calling his opponent, Czech tennis player Thomas Schmidt, a communist bastard. Oh, yeah, that's not a fun rant. That seems like it could warrant more than £1,000. But I think that's the thing. Tennis being so gentlemanly, I feel like the fines were probably set weirdly low. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's reasonable for a dispute on court? (laughs) I mean, it's the contrast, isn't it, between the way he's rebuked and the way that he's ranting, which is particularly amusing. That is what has made this (laughs) moment be one that is for the ages, isn't it? It's not just him ranting. It's the fact that the umpire is like... Mr. McEnroe, I have deducted a point for this behavior. It's just like... It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. At the point where he smashes his racket into the ground later in the match, uh, the umpire says, you are misusing your racket, Mr. McEnroe. (laughs) You're like... Have you heard it with the original BBC commentary as well? No. It's particularly good because the guy says something to the effect of, I'm 101% behind Mr. McEnroe in terms of the game, but I do wish he'd stop going on about it. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other crazy things about what happens on the day is that the the audience starts to slow clap, Mm. kind of clapping for the resumption of the game and the umpire's censure of McEnroe. But it's funny because now the slow hand clap has become the thing that the crowd does when Hawkeye is making its decision. You know, Hawkeye is now the technology that scrutinizes line calls and people slow clap while they're waiting for the result and then they cheer if it has been successfully challenged. So they're sort of on the side now of the person who's making the challenge, whereas at the time they were obviously slow clapping because they thought it was outrageous, his behaviour. Well, I don't know. You can hear that the audience is pretty much split down the middle, actually, because some of them clap when a point is deducted. Others of them do applaud when he's Mm. really making his view known. I reckon he divided people. The British tennis viewer did not know how to respond to this event. And the opinion now seems to be that McEnroe was right. Oh, on the actual technical Mm. point. Yeah, Mm. yeah. I do wonder, though, looking back on it, whether he regrets it and wishes it didn't happen because on the one hand it did make him stick him out in the sport and it's a sport based on individuals isn't it and it's like he's the one that you remember but on the other hand uh, he said in an interview a few years ago that he gets you cannot be serious shouted at him seven to ten times yeah. a day and what is it it's like right. a joke about it's- you can't control your temper i mean that must <laughs> yeah. in itself make you quite cross and in interviews since, he's been quite ambivalent about his behaviour, you know, and he, he has almost defended his outbursts on court. But there is one that he has referred to as being his most embarrassing memory. And it was three years later at the semi-finals of the Stockholm Open. He got into an argument with the umpire. It ended with him screaming, answer the question, jerk. He then hit a ball into the crowd and smashed a tray of water bottles with his racket. And that led to him being suspended <laughs> from the American Tennis Association for three weeks. It's like someone going to the Women's Institute and picking up all the jazz. <laughs> and like shoving it against the wall isn't it I'm out of here bitches it's just like right time right place you know that one isn't one to be proud of it reminds me of um, this documentary I saw of Eric Cantona talking about the moment where he 
very famously kung fu kicked a racist supporter mm. and he was being asked about how he feels about that in hindsight and it has the same sort of quality of being this moment of out of controlness but defending what they think is right at the time and he said of that moment actually I think it's the one thing that I would want to take with me from football if you took away everything else because he was so convinced that he was right about kicking this guy who had <laughs> racially abused him mm. that he, he clung on to it and I do agree Ollie it must be so frustrating like being a sort of TV presenter with a catchphrase to have people shouting you can't be serious but if you actually agree with the point that you were making then you probably never want to step away from that yes I was right on the 22nd of June 1981 <laughs> thank you for reminding me possibly <laughs> yeah. yeah I suppose that probably is has internalised it isn't he especially if now people reckon he was correct one of the really curious things that I discovered in uh, researching this is that a bunch of actors have studied what happened on court that day to prepare for different characters that they've uh, played. So in the film version of Amadeus, uh, the actor Tom Hulse studied footage of that moment to sort of get some sense of red-blooded rawness into his performance. And Sir Ian McKellen also used McEnroe as the model for playing Coriolanus, apparently, at the Royal Shakespeare company it's testosterone isn't it that's what it is Mm. like it's a testosterone fueled rant and it pierces through the pretense of tennis being a kind of gentleman's game where everyone's wearing white and everyone's polite doesn't it that's that's why it feels objectionable it's like it's all putting pay to the lie isn't it like because of course behind the scenes all these guys are intensely competitive and like are doing this for their own egos and, you know, are quite primal. Like, of course they are, because they need that competitive spirit to be able to get out there and play. Yeah, sport is a thing where there are rules. It's very clear what you can and can't do. And and just having those moments where people do that and step outside that, that what is meant to be happening. You think about Zinedine Zidane headbutting uh, Matarazzi in the World Cup or Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear off. You know, there there are kind of these moments where the sport stops and you get this this sort of yeah. real second of realness and and I think that's what was exciting about it. There's also that bit after the rant when there's then another rant um because he's told <laughs> that you can't call someone the pits. And he's like, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I can say whatever I want. There's no rule against that. And then someone actually clarifies him. No, actually, that is against the rules. You can't call the other. <laughs> and he actually then, you know, you were saying that sport has rules. He does actually then, to be fair, at that moment, go, okay, fair enough. Didn't realise. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> thought yeah. the rants were fine. Sorry, I thought this was well, cool, guys. Sorry there about There was that. another one I found in 1990 where he was disqualified from the Australian Open for unsportsmanlike conduct. And he said afterwards he didn't realise that they'd changed their four strikes rule to a three strikes rule. So he yeah, thought, thought he was, he was still was fine. So Close to the oh, I bet he thought that was the pit. <laughs> Tomorrow. It was released quite far ahead of the film's actual debut. It's because there were so many rumours circulating about how badly the production was going. Love the show? Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.